Love this podcast? Support this show through the Acast Supporter feature. It's up to you how much you give and there's no regular commitment. Just hit the link in the show description to support now. Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here, and it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt-free. Hello Fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan-crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at hellofresh.com. Hey, it's Danny Pellegrino from Everything Iconic. Ready to upgrade your style game without blowing your budget? Check out Quince. They've got all the good stuff, shirts and polos, activewear and fine leather goods, all at 50 to 80% less than other high-end brands. And the best part? They're all about safe, ethical and responsible manufacturing. Get that luxury vibe without the luxury price tag. Hit up quince.com slash upgrade for free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. That's quince.com slash upgrade. This is a story about a series of murders and disappearances that happened in the winter of 2000, previously on a new winter. I turned around and saw that the window beside us had broken, and when I turned back to Mr. Tooley, he was slumped in his chair, his eyes open, his mouth motionless, blood pouring down the side of his face. It was too late. He was dead. This is episode 36 of A New Winter, and the final episode of season two. For the next few moments, it felt like everything had happened in slow motion. The lion rushed outside. Kate, or whomever it was that looked like Kate, grabbed me by the arm and led me to the basement. She was shouting something at me, but I couldn't quite hear it. Instead, there just seemed to be some kind of white noise. I looked down at myself and saw that I'd been covered in blood. Mr. Tooley's blood. Suddenly, another bullet ran past me and hit the wall. It shook me out of my dream state with a kick. We have to go down there, now, Kate was screaming at me. I followed her down, and suddenly more bullets started flying by. There was no way this was coming from one gun now. There had to be more of them out there. We rushed down into the red light. It's awake, Kate said. We should be quiet. What's awake? I replied. Shh, she whispered to me. Just follow my lead and don't say anything. We crept into the corridor and we walked through the endless, identical maze that lay beneath the town. How do you know where to go? I whispered. I've been here a thousand times before. In fact, we both have. There are some paths here, though, that are better left undiscovered. What are, you, what are you talking about? What do you mean? Well, think of this like... Like a series of outcomes. Unlimited potential. Endless possibilities. And some come out of success. And some of failure. Some of rather... Well, terrifying results. This, this place down here, it's like that. 
I wasn't quite sure what she was saying, but before I could say anything, she pulled me into a room and pushed me against the wall next to the door. Don't move, she whispered. She stood between me and the doorway, and I could sense that she was scared. Try not to breathe, she whispered, and I thought she was joking, until I could see she was truly holding her breath. I held mine too, and then that's when I heard it. It sounded like a bear or something, just heavy breathing, walking around the corridors, trying to sniff us out. What the hell was it? Was it the same thing as before, with the filing cabinets? I could feel Kate getting antsy. She closed her eyes and then... Silence. It had gone. What, what is that thing? I asked. I'll explain it another time. We just need to get out of here. But where are we going? I whispered loudly, exasperated. The tower. We're going to the tower, she said. And quickly she ran through another corridor, up some stairs and opened the door. The sun blinded me as we stepped outside. I wasn't even sure what time of day it was. I fell forward and a sudden rush of nausea made me vomit into the thick snow. Steam rising as it destroyed the purity of the ice below it. Kate pulled me up and I could see that we'd come up through a secret hatch of some sort. How many of these must have been dotted around the town? How many people knew about this? Come on, before they figure out where we're going. As we ran, I fell to my knees. The pain was running through my head and it became so intense that I thought I was going to pass out. It felt like the front of my head might crack open, explode. Come on, Kate shouted. Then I heard that god-awful cry, that screeching, wailing sound. They were coming. I got up and ran at full pelt. Soon there was scream upon scream, a symphony of wails and shrieks. They were coming from all around. And then I saw, climbing out the hatch, and also from across the fields, and then out of the nearby woods, more and more of them coming. There was masses of them, naked, in the snow. Masters before, but now their masks were painted a bright red, shining out from the pale snow. And, and they were running straight for us. We ran past a huge old tree, and then right next to it, climbing high into the sky in front of me, was the tower. As we ran, we saw more and more bodies chasing us. Some were gaining faster than the others, seemingly appearing out of nowhere now, and it looked like we might not even make it. Run, Kate shouted, and she was nearly at the door of the tower. I pushed on as fast as I could. She quickly opened the door and turned around. They're right behind you. Run faster. I tried to sprint as quickly as I could. My heart felt as though it might burst, my lungs fighting against the bitter cold air it was sucking in but it was my head that was causing me agony. It was getting worse the closer I got to the tower. I screamed in pain, and just as I ran through the door, I turned around to see Kate try and whip it closed, trapping an arm with one of the masked ones. Quickly, she said, cut it off. What? I said, shaking. Find something, anything. Cut it off before they push it open. 
I looked around and saw a pair of scissors on the table. I picked them up. Blunt. But maybe they could do something. I ran to Kate and in a frenzy, I quickly stabbed the hand in a series of slashes. But it only tried to grab at me. It didn't recoil. Smash it, she shouted at me. Smash his fucking hand in. Bite it. Anything. Jesus, no, I I can't do that. Do it, Kate shouted. And this was nothing like the Kate I remembered. Here she was, strong, powerful, focused. Who was this woman? Quickly, she screamed. So I picked up a rock the size of my fist. It must have been used as a doorstop. And I repeatedly smashed in this hand. A wail went off that pierced the sky, but still it didn't move. Instead, I kept smashing it, grinding it into the wall. I watched it go from bruised to bleeding to broken, and then start to become just mush. It left a huge stain on the wall, and soon it was just a complete mess. Two of the fingers had dropped off, and Kate managed to squeeze what was left of the arm back out of the door. I was hyperventilating. What the hell was I doing? She quickly secured the door with a large heavy bolt and took a breath. We need to go to the top, she said. This won't hold them for long. And so I finally got to look around me. It was rather underwhelming. It was dusty, old, and quite bare, but for a table with a a bucket, a couple of candles and some more rocks. The floor of the tower had bits of hay scattered around, but they were brown and old. What exactly was this place? Next to the table was the bottom of a stone spiral staircase. And slowly and painfully and quietly, we walked up. My head was still hurting, but the pain had subsided a great amount. In fact, almost completely. I now felt more awake than ever, focused, clear-minded, as if every step I took just made me feel better. I thought about Mr. Tooley. I felt he would be the key to understanding this place, the secrets that it kept, whom I am, truly. But he was gone. In a strange way, I was, I was devastated. I felt a connection to the man, but maybe there was more to him than first appeared. And, you know, to be honest, I found him intriguing, intoxicating almost. As we reached the top, I noticed a blue glow starting to surround us. There was something up there. Kate, in front of me, reached the top first and looked back down at me with a smile. Come on, she said gently, and held out her hand. The strong blue glow seemed like it was almost emanating from her. She looked like an apparition, a vision, her red locks shining, her smile warmly greeting me. So I took her hand, and I took the final step up onto the top floor of the tower. The blue light was coming from a figure at the top, 
And as I laid my eyes upon it, the light subdued, and I could see, I could see that it was a man. One I felt I knew, actually, but I didn't recognise him. I felt in awe, but I didn't know why. I mean, he was rather plain-looking. I couldn't tell where he was from, his age, or to be honest, if he was actually a man. He looked slightly androgynous. His skin colour was a, a beautiful mix that I just couldn't put my finger on. And his eyes just shone. But he made me feel on edge. What, what is this? I asked. Who are you? Well, we're old friends, the figure said. We've been together since you were born, actually. And then I knew. Robert, I realised. You're Robert. Or Bob. Bob the Bear. We would talk to you as kids. Yeah, that's right, he said. But you're real? My head started thumping again. Please don't think about it so much. I'm as real as you want me to be. And then, just like that, the little girl, Sandra, appeared. Just stepped out from behind him. Let me ask you, he said. Do you recognise her? Well, I've seen her before, but I'm not quite sure who she is. Robert sighed. Well, it's a shame. She's your daughter. I took a deep breath. But that's impossible. This, this is just a trick. It must be. Well, yes, he said. This is actually just a vision. But you've been seeing her, am I correct? You're remembering her from the last time you saw her. She's made such a strong impression on you that you're seeing her everywhere. It's funny, more than anyone else, it's her that you seem infatuated with. But it's not possible, I said. I don't have a daughter. Well, I'm afraid it is possible, he said. Your brain, your human brain is failing you. In fact, I'm not sure how we're going to get you out of this. You're physically deteriorating, you're dying, and its effects are getting stronger by the minute. If you cannot remember your past as vividly as before, then then this may be your last stand. What I'm going to ask of you might be the very final thing that you do on this earth. What do you mean, I said. You need to take Tootie's place. There's to be a war amongst us, and there will be a split. This, this will be the true test. And I will make them eat the flesh of their sons and the flesh of their daughters, and all shall eat the flesh of their neighbours in the siege. And in the distress with which their enemies and those who seek their life afflict them, he gestured to look from the top of the tower out of a small window. And as I looked down, I saw hundreds of red masked ones with flames surrounding the tower. And they were building another pyre of some sort. It was getting higher and higher. 
Was this another sacrifice? As I peered even further down, I could see that some were even trying to climb up the tower. We wouldn't have much time at this rate. They're coming for me, aren't they? I said. Yes, Robert replied. Yes, they are. But you have to lead the others. It's your time now before the final bell. You must forsake the last of your humanity and commit to this life. There's no alternative but a permanent death. I need you to answer some questions first, I said. Well, if you must, he replied. I need to know, did I kill those people? Kate, who's standing here now? Lou? Yes, Robert replied. Your human self, he... He found his family that way. Or maybe he did it himself. That's why he joined us. But in the confusion, he's recreating that moment. You're recreating that moment. And you're blocking out the memories of doing so. When someone approaches you with the truth, you... You react. Like poor Lou or... Graham's or however you want to call her. No, I said. No, it's not right. I know it's not right. My head started thumping. My family. But then, who was my real mother? My father? And my brother? My brother, I said. Does he know? Oh, yes, he knows. He forgave you quite a while ago now. He has his own path, one of which is annoyingly keeping the souls of the children in limbo by not burying them. Seeing as where they'd been destined to go, you could see it as a cruelty or as a kindness, depending on who you ask, I imagine. But all that aside, the priority now is the mission. Kate stepped forward. I want you to be with me, she said, and she put her arms around me. Join us. Continue the mission. Succeed. What mission? I asked. You have to win the war, Kate said. You have to win the war for us. The war, I said to myself. But then I started to get flashes of a bright, white light. Robert appeared and disappeared. The blue light that was surrounding him started to flicker like a strobe effect. It began flashing and pulsing at an incredible rate. Soon I was hearing weird sounds like a machine whirring, but it was shifting into an extremely high pitch like a whistle and then turning into the screams, the screams of the masked ones below. I was seeing Kate and then Jackie and then I was back in the fire in the concrete hole. I was burning, but there was no escaping this time. My skin was blistering, burning black. And then I was a child again. I was scared and I felt angry. I was in the house. I was just so furious. And I saw them, my mother and my father, and I had to stop them. I had to make them stop. I heard the chants of the people outside. I was back in the tower, 
then outside the tower floating, then falling through the tower, through the floor, into an eternal darkness. Then as I fell, I could see I was falling into a light, and the last words I could hear were very faint, but as clear as anything. Doctor, a female voice, was saying from within the light, Doctor, something is happening. If you enjoy the show, please leave a review on your podcast platform of choice. For more info, including how you can support the show, please visit anewwinter.com. Thank you for listening to A New Winter. Hey, it's Danny Pellegrino from Everything Iconic. Ready to upgrade your style game without blowing your budget? Check out Quince. They've got all the good stuff, shirts and polos, activewear and fine leather goods, all at 50 to 80% less than other high-end brands. And the best part? They're all about safe, ethical and responsible manufacturing. Get that luxury vibe without the luxury price tag. Hit up quince.com slash upgrade for free shipping and 365 day returns on your next order. That's quince.com slash upgrade. When it comes to your finances, you think you've done it all. You've saved, you've researched, and you've invested all that you can. Now it's time to take those investments to the next level by using the brand behind every great investor, Yahoo Finance. As America's number one finance destination, Yahoo Finance has everything you need, whether you're a seasoned trader or just dipping your toes into the market. Join the millions of investors who trust Yahoo Finance to guide them on their financial journey. For comprehensive financial news and analysis, visit yahoofinance.com, the number one financial destination, yahoofinance.com.